0: Considered one of the top rock operas of all time and The Who's magnum opus, Tommy is getting a new lease of life. Legendary Australian band UMI will be taking Tommy on tour with vocals from Hayley Mary from the Jezebels. It's a veritable rock and roll layer dip. Hayley, welcome to you.
1: Hello. I should add Sarah McLeod from Super Jesus is also joining us. So I gonna was be... going
0: to get to that. I just didn't conf- <laughs> There's so many layers to this. I didn't want to confuse it to start with. Uh, what did you know about the Tommy album before you got this gig?
1: So I'm probably coming to this with the zeal of a convert because embarrassingly, not much. Um, obviously, I knew the who, um, but but I kind of came at it from, you know, I know the UMI guys and I, I think Sarah too, they they know it quite well. So uh, I'm coming at, at, at it with the kind of like fascination of someone hearing it properly for the first time. I'd heard songs, you know, pinball and that kind of thing. But I went in and after they'd asked me to go on it and sing it with them and I was like, wow, wow, it, this is a piece of work. It is <laughs>
0: funny coming to it with those fresh eyes because as a concept album, we don't, do, I mean, concept albums don't exist like this anymore, do they?
1: No, I guess they're called musicals now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True. But but I suppose to have it all tied up together and coming from the musical or a touring band as the Who Were as opposed to, you know, the West End, that, that's original and it was very original for the time.
1: It was. It was groundbreaking, I think, uh, and it also kind of catapulted them in America. They actually did this tour in opera houses uh, in America, which was – also pretty uh, aud- audacious is the word I keep using whenever I talk about this whole tour. Partly our version of it is audacious and also them doing this record in the first place is audacious. It's like, yeah, they were taking on that kind of singles form and, and uh, turning it on its head. It, in it, a pop it, way.
0: it does go to some pretty dark places, Tommy. You've got abuse, you've got trauma, freedom, individuality, salvation, redemption. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how did huge. it sort of feel to delve into Pete Townsend's head here? Because that could be a pretty pretty dark place. Let's 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 call it.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize. You know how they're a pop band, but they're also this kind of huge social critique sort of body. I mean, I didn't realize how full on some of the themes in their songs were, and that. There's nothing that's off limits. And um, sorry, what was the question? We're well, just about uh, some of the darkness in here because, Yeah, you know, I, that was the bit that grabbed me the most and I was really drawn to it. I was like, this is a fascinating album and I wish there were more albums like it So, so <laughs> why,
0: why did you say, I've read you've described Tommy as a, quote, dark, eccentric and cutting critique of fatherlessness and fame that rings true now uh, more than ever. Well, what rings true for you more than ever now?
1: Well, I still think fatherlessness is an issue (laughs) and I still think fame is probably an empty promise Um, and it's funny to go back and and, um, look at uh, a band in the 60s and 70s saying, hey, by the way, you know, we've had this fame and all it promises and it's actually a little bit of a double-edged sword and quite a a flawed um, system, you know, the the crowd turn on him and all that stuff and and he can't really help them and all these kinds of things it's like it's almost a critique of of rock and roll in some mm. ways which i found really interesting but yeah i just thought the themes were still really relevant um because you know you see issues of say with fatherlessness you know i guess there's there's issues of of young boys not delivering so well as they used to in the school system these days, maybe something to do with not having many male role models in the school system, you know, heaps of broken families and that kind of thing. The statistics suggesting that that leads to, you know, criminal lifestyles and that kind of thing. So I I guess it's just, I thought it was a sort of obvious thing to say, but. Yeah, definitely.
0: um, Yeah, Pete Townsend wrote, I think, all but two or three of the songs, and he packed a lot into this rock opera. I mean, do you have a process of sinking your teeth into some of these themes and characters? I mean, uh, the example of a fatherless boy, you know, may maybe difficult to, to access. I'm not sure. I'm just curious about how you get it into character for this.
1: It is isn't. it isn't. You know, uh, interestingly, the ones he didn't write... Are the most sort of deep cut autobiographical ones, and I think he got is it the bass player to write them because he just he couldn't do it, but he knew that it had to be in there. It was stuff that had happened to him, like with abusive uncles and abusive cousins, and um, this kind of uh, I guess for want of a better word, it, there's a rape scene with an older woman and that kind of thing, and they are they are to me the most they're central to the to the thing I guess I understand why he couldn't write them but I'm glad he saw that they needed to be in there um I think anyone can uh, you don't have to be a young fatherless boy who's been abused to kind of realize that that's something to to be empathetic to and um I suppose anyone who considers themselves a performer um or even has just been you know affected by music like when I was four, I loved the song Joey by Concrete Blonde. Oh, God, I love that song. You know, and it's like, well, I don't have to be an an alcoholic 30-year-old man. I can be a four-year-old woman and know how heartbreaking that is. And that's what good, good music does. It helps you empathise with people different to yourself. So um, I don't really feel – I mean, and we all know people who have been affected by these. You know, I grew up in – in sort of '90s, '2000s Byron Bay, which to me was the aftermath of the hippie movement, and I have a lot of critical things to say about the hippie movement because of the chaos that I think that sort of left. But then,
0: are you talking about like a lack of responsibility or yeah, or yeah, role, and role that role kind models. of thing? Uh-huh.
1: Yes, but but then watching and reading and listening to Tommy, I can see why that generation sort of wanted to escape to the hippie movement and create the hippie movement because they were coming from post-war, you know, children of the Blitz child abuse, horrible violence happening to their fathers, horrible violence happening to their mothers, you know. So it kind of made me have an understanding of the generational differences that I'd probably been a little bit blind to and maybe even resentful of. So it's just an amazing album for the deeper you get into it the more you think about life and yeah. it's incredible.
0: Well don't they say it's like a metronome you know one generation does and the other generation doesn't and then it returns. React, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's such a, <laughs> an obvious pattern. And and when it when you call this a rock opera, you know opera is very familiar with some of these themes I think of Tosca you've got authoritarianism, lust, abuse of power. Uh, in the finest operatic tradition, some of these themes have existed for centuries. I do want to ask you about UMI. I mean, they supported The Who. Have they told you any good stories? no.
1: Know- that
0: yes they have so you haven't been told any great stories about being on the road but no
1: i didn't realize that i knew they toured with oasis Mm. but um i didn't know that they'd toured with the who that makes total sense well there
0: you go i've just given you your first conversation uh as you begin this tour hayley mary is joining me here on rn drive we're talking about uh, her tour with umi uh tommy the famous Who uh, rock opera. I'll give you some tour details in just a moment. I do want to ask you, uh, you mentioned this idea about uh, fame being hollow. I, I think that's how you phrased it. It <laughs> yeah, sounds like uh, me. Well, I, I just <laughs> want to return to that because you, you moved to Edinburgh back in 2018 after you and the Jezebels went on an indefinite hiatus. I read that you worked in a cafe and sometimes couldn't afford to heat your apartment. I mean... <laughs> yeah, that, it's not it, as bad it, as
1: it is now. Is that what there, you mean? But...
0: Is that the hollowness um, of fame that you're talking about?
1: Oh, no, that was me running away from any... like. The, and my level of fame is absolutely nothing to what sort of a Pete Townsend would be talking about. But even just moderate amounts, it's, it's this fickle beast of like, you need it, you know, if you want to be a singer or a performer, you need a level of fame. But it's kind of a bit of a... Curse. But it also, you know, it, you never want to hear people whinging about being famous. I'm just more talking about it it doesn't give you happiness. It's so it's like, the
0: promise that you're talking it's about. It's the promise That's and false. also it
1: I think I think fame is the I can't remember if it was Eric Clapton or what. It's just one of those rock stars that said like, Fame's the price you pay for success in the arts. It's not the goal. Like it's the it's the downside of it, really. It's the thing you have to do to kind of get your get your music out there or get your art out there or whatever. But, like, then you sort of, you feel like a little bit of a, you know, I guess like a bit of a Voldemort cutting your soul into several (laughs) horcruxes or something. Like, you're you're sort of becoming defined by what people think of you. And and I think, you know, you see people being debilitated and broken by fame all the time, and it happens publicly. So... Yeah, I don't think fame makes people happy at all. The the closest they'll get to happiness as a famous person is if they're getting artistic fulfilment and that's giving them joy.
0: That is a perfect segue because I was going to ask you about, uh, you know, your solo career, your opening for Tim Finn later this year. I mean, between you and I and Tim Finn, there's an abundance of creative satisfaction there. Is that how you attribute their longevity uh, rather than I do, the yes, fame, I would say.
1: About? Yeah, I would say that. I think the those are two really good examples of um, people who can sit to, who continue to serve the craft. I suppose, for want of a better word, or maybe the art to to say a sort of higher higher word than craft. But um, I don't know. Yeah, they, they their songmanship and their and, and their work ethic and their you know they're just constantly active, well, particularly UMI, and I, I think they stick to the task at hand and that is how they're able to survive it. I'm sure they've had their brushes with the pains of fame. Yes, I would say that not getting too distracted by that is is key mm. for them.
0: So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot now. What's your favourite song from Tommy? Tell me, wh- oh. as you've learnt this music for the first time with rather fresh eyes, I must say. What's the one that's yeah, really yeah, totally fresh you?
1: eyes? Oh, there's there's a lot actually, but I really like "Go to the Mirror," Why? which is the doctor. Um, well, I love the the refrain at the end, um, and I love the lyrics, and I love this kind of this perplexed doctor. Maybe it's maybe it's a post-COVID observation, but I I, I think. One of the critiques of this is is authority, like you said. That's a common thing in musicals. But like, the doctor doesn't know what he's doing, <laughs> and sometimes doctors don't know what they're doing. Um, he's not a bad guy, but he just doesn't know how to help him, and 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 therefore he kind of adds uh he adds to the complexity rather than. Uh, saving it, which I think is an interesting narrative, because a lot of the time, you know, we live in a world where we're supposed to live, listen to the yes, listen yeah. to the science, you know. And so yeah. it's like, oh, this is an interesting uh, angle. I'm not saying I'm anti science at all.
0: Haley Mary is touring with Sarah McLeod and UMI. Tickets are available online. Haley, a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.